Welcome to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. It's not just enough to know of God, we want you to know Him. Coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida, it's time to rethink life the way God intended. This is the Genesis Post Sunday Podcast. What is going on, post-Sunday podcasters? I am your host, Pastor Johnny Sierra, here with my co-host, Pastor Tim Grandstaff. What is up, brother? We need the big sound bite. Nine. We Nine. need something yeah. that's counting us down. Countdown. We could do like the final countdown. I can't sing that higher. Yeah, I would yeah. sing it with you right now. Yeah, we could harmonize. I'll yeah, do the low part, yeah. like the bass in <laughs> Boys the <and> Men. <laughs> Nine. Nine. I don't want to hear that to you. That's your Someone parents' said, favorite song. <laughs> Back to podcast. What was that? Oh, three. Man. Early on. Three. Early on. Boys and Men, we're bringing yeah, it back. Exactly. exactly. Uh, you'd have to go back you and know, listen to that. Yeah, exactly. Inside pod, uh, post-Sunday podcast. So here. someone told me they had a bone to pick with me this past week. Why? And their bone was to pick with me was that um, we can't only have nine episodes left. So let's clear that up for everybody. The podcast, <laughs> the podcast is going to continue. Okay. I don't think that we have to make some big announcement about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to end. So for all of those listening and watching yeah. on YouTube, the podcast will go on. Yes. We're going to tweak some things. We got some people in the room today. Yeah. We're building an audience in here. It's crazy. And this little teeny recording studio yeah. <laughs> as to how we can make this better moving forward. Yeah. So we have yeah. plans for year number two. With where we're going as a church. Yeah, we're thinking so through just, that. Yeah, Just stay buckled up for that. Yeah, we got some good plans. We're excited. Uh, and we just can't drop merch and, like, just leave you and hanging And walk like away. <laughs> and everyone's like, what was that? Yeah, long ago, you know, uh, for a full year. All of our Diamond members, here's your T-shirt. <laughs> Thanks. Have a, have a great rest of your life. We're out. No, yeah. <laughs> nope, we can't do that. Uh, no. Ben Cook wouldn't even allow us no, to do that. No, he would not. He He'd be like, not. no, 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 no. And Stan Producer wouldn't know what to do or where to go. He, yeah. So He would be lost. This is his Monday. Yeah, yeah. Where so. he thrives. I mean, it, it's been it's been great. It's been great. And so those that are with us here today, man, thank you. Thank you for just tuning in and being with us. Uh, it is we're 44 episodes deep. This is 44. And uh, it's been a, it's been great. It's been amazing. Um, you know, as we've said it many different times, a very movie like episode, you know, 44. And, and it just every episode just really draws you in and keeps you at the edge of your seat. So if you've been with us, thank you. Thank you for, for being a loyal listener or watcher. We appreciate it. If you're with, new with us here today, uh, this is the Post-Sunday Podcast. We are stemmed through Genesis Church Orlando in East Orlando, uh, where we have three live services, uh, 8, 15, 9, 30, and 11. But what we are doing here at Genesis Church Orlando is we're doing uh, the never-ending story, is what we've called it. And it's been a year-long series of Pretty much a Bible study we've been doing this entire year. Um, going from Genesis 1, as we wrap up the year, we're going to be in Revelation. And so it's been great to uh, accompany this year-long series at our church with this podcast and be able to bring in more in-depth 
contacts uh, and, and just answer some questions and really be a resource for you guys. So if you're joining us, man, you're welcome to binge and just really dive in, catch up. But uh, we have a lot of other resources available for you guys at uh, www.genesischurchorlando.com backslash the never ending story. And again, you can follow us on YouTube uh, post Sunday podcast. You can watch us there. Uh, you can also listen to us on Spotify and iTunes post Sunday podcast and your any of your favorite social media sites as well. We are there and you can follow us along there. But I'm excited, man. We're in episode 44, as I said. And um, we've been in the New Testament here for about eight weeks, maybe somewhat, somewhat like that. Yep. And it's been great. It's been great. It feels uh, we, we, we stuck with uh, Jesus being the central figure for uh, a little while here. Um, uh, and so now we have really shifted uh, coming from Jesus's ascension now, talking about the birth of the church. And now we're talking about a, a main central figure here that shows up uh, that is really going to play a crucial part um, in Scripture, in, in just the building and 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 structure of the church and and so much and i got to talk to my um just my kids about it last night it's cool because as we go through it as a church our kids are going through the never-ending story together with us and so when we end our sunday nights i tell them what did you learn and i don't say that because i don't know what they didn't learn i just want to know that they're they're following along and they're saying the right names mentioning the right things and it's very cool to talk and be in the same page with them so i don't know how, how's it been with you that, with, that's with been the dog, great part i know for some people as we said last week everybody's pace is different yeah so we get into this and all of a sudden you know we spent a few weeks in the life of jesus just kind of looking at a few pieces central pieces and now now it kind of feels like when you throw a rock you know on, on a pond you try to skip it where it just doof, 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 and it's gone and you're seeing how many skips you can get. Yeah. It can kind of feel like that because by the time we hit Acts and really we have about four weeks before we're in our final month of this adventure together, which takes us into Revelation, people are going to be like, wait, wait a second, wait a second. Like yeah. we yeah. just hop and skip right through this thing and there's so much there. Yeah. So that's the beauty. So that's what, you know, we talk about in our, in our house is, you know, this is the never ending story of God. The reason why we have given it that title, that isn't its official title. Let's be very clear. The reason we have as a church this year is to give us that insight that you can keep coming back to the Bible and learning so many new things. It takes a lifetime as a student and a disciple of Jesus to grow and learn and spiritually mature. And that has been the goal is just to help you on your adventure with God to continue to grow and to find new steps of spiritual maturity. So the, the joy is found in your kids, our students, whoever they are, grown adults, everyone going, man, I have been learning or I've been growing. I have been seeing God work and change in small ways or big ways. That is what this has all been about. And we keep coming back to this because it continues to do the same, same thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good, man. Uh, so here in episode 44, we're going to dive into Saul. Um, he's, he plays such an integral part in, in, in the, the, the evolution and building of the church. And uh, I, I really, he's become a, a favorite of mine, you know, kind of more towards the latter half of my 
time as a believer. Um, it's just really great to see uh, the transformation that he's done. But we won't get too too further in that. But you opened up, man, with just rethinking life the way God intended. Uh, we talked yesterday about just how how amazing it was uh, the week prior to see 70-plus people say, hey, we, we don't want to just be on in seats. We want to be on mission. Yeah, We just don't want to warm up a seat here on Sunday mornings. We want to be on mission. What does it take? What can I do? Let me put my hands to the plow. And, uh, and I'll tell you, we saw the fruit of that the following week. And, and I, I, at least in my, in my ministry I can speak of, in, in my department, we had four new people, uh, three of them leading in our band, um, visibly. And then we had uh, one in audio and production leading the way in that. And so it was, uh, we were, were seeing the fruits of that. And they're yeah. putting their hands to the plow. And, uh, and, and that is what it is to rethink the way life, the way God intended. That is the book of Acts. Yeah. So keep the title of the book just in its simplicity. It is acting out the, the life that God called us to. And so you, if you really get into the book of Acts, it is riveting and it is exciting as much as it is life-changing because you are seeing these people who carry such passion about their faith in Jesus, the risen Messiah, that they are willing to do whatever it takes, yeah. even to the point of death. And that is why it becomes so, uh, so impactful when you not only read it, but you begin to really discover it because that is the reality of if this whole thing is just a big lie that didn't exist, that is one of the questions that most people who try to argue against the Bible can't figure out an answer for. Why would these people then go all the way to death to, to say and proclaim this? Not one, not two, many by the dozens and hundreds, and then it rapidly spreads all across the world to different regions. Why do this many people continue to hold on to this if all of this was a complete lie? Why, why would someone like Saul, we're going to look at today, who's a religious man, who's a Pharisee, why would he have his whole life turned around in such a way that he will be imprisoned, he will be beaten, he will be shipwrecked, he will eventually die? All for this. He goes, he listen, I made it all up. None of it's true. But the encounter he had with Jesus was so real, it radically changed his life to the point of, I will go to death for this. Making sure the people know about this. That, that's, that's, to me, one of the things that I, I know that people have a hard time that want to disbelieve it. They can't figure that part out. That is the reason why you have to say there are eyewitnesses that have experienced this. They spent their life, literally their life, doing whatever it took to let the world know this actually is true. Yeah. yeah that's amazing. Saul led the way for the church. Saul did lead the way, yeah. So what do we know about him? What do we yeah, know so Saul? let's do that because that's that. that's the key part because I think that what people need to know about Saul because let's, let's first be very clear – we're more uh, in tune to say Paul, yeah. right? That's that's just how we describe him. That's how we see him. That's how he's written about in the rest of the New Testament letters. Um, and we have to remind ourselves that he wrote most of them. So as you said, I think he's a favorite for most people because if you like the New Testament, yeah. he wrote practically half of it, 13 of the 27 New Testament books, yeah. possibly 14 
depending on scholars' take on who wrote Hebrews. But the reality is at least, you know, 13. He didn't write the book of Acts. Luke did. But it's being written really about him and the disciples and the church. And so he has a lot of uh, content within this book alone. Then he writes 13, possibly 14 other ones in the New Testament. So his influence and his impact and his fingerprint is vast and it's powerful. And we have to remind ourselves of a few things with, with Paul. So we'll call him Saul today in the story. We'll refer to him as Paul. Um, probably up front, let's do this. We know that this story involves a conversion moment, right? And we'll talk about that in a second, about what that really was and looked like. Um, what people need to know, because they falsely assume, is that when Paul has this encounter we're going to talk about, or Saul does, then he also turns into Paul. That's not the case. <laughs> That's not true. That's not what happens in Acts chapter 9. This is not Jacob wrestles with God and gets renamed Israel in that moment. It's not Saul meets Jesus on Damascus Road and turns around and now he's Paul. His name is Saul. That is the name that we know by and he doesn't change that. It isn't until later, I think it's Acts 13, I don't know, 13, 14. Um, Luke just writes, now Paul. Right? Because that was his Greek name. That was the name. Remember, he's a Roman citizen, but he's also a Jew. So he's a Jew just like Jesus. He's a Jew just like the disciples. I think that's important. I think that's really important right now when we're watching the world and we're seeing this this animosity and this anti-Semitic, you know, anger and hatred rise up in our own cities and in our universities and around the world, you know, and all these things. And and people have to realize Everything we read about in the Bible involves the Jewish people. Jesus was Jewish. If you are a follower of Jesus, you're about you're to be as pro-Jewish and, and all things Israel as you possibly can. This is where your faith comes from. And the world is coming up against it, right? So he's a Jew. He's, he's a, who we know as a Saul, but he's also a Roman citizen by birth. Uh, we don't know how he was born in that region, so his Greek name is Paul. He wrote, wrote most of the New Testament. Um, and then he's a Pharisee. This is an important piece of the whole story. So he's not an atheist. He's not a non-believer. He's not someone that grew up in, in, a, in a different religion. He is a Pharisee, which means they were strictly and passionately devout to the instructions and the commandments of God in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm all 613 of them. And so he would teach them and, and they would be, he would bring what they believe guardrails around them and make sure that the people understood them yeah. in his life. And so these are little pieces of Paul, or we would say Saul today, it's life that you have to keep in perspective when you're trying to understand more of the story. Yeah. And, and we know that Saul, Paul would just went through a lot <laughs> uh, post conversion, which we'll, 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 we'll chat about as well. But, um, it's crazy, man, because I think about Pharisees and religious leaders and, and man, I'll I tell you, they're probably at the time, the most disciplined people, you know, um, the traits that they carried were phenomenal. They just, they just didn't use it in the right way. Yeah. Right. Could you, could you say, it, could you say that? So let's, let's be clear and give everybody the right picture. And that is not all Pharisees were wrong or bad. Yeah. 
we get we we start to paint that wrong picture because Jesus was confronted by some. Yeah. Right? But like we know Nicodemus was one and he comes in the middle of the night to ask Jesus questions about eternal life and who he is. And, and we know that others stood up in the council during when um, from the Sanhedrin and all that when Jesus was being handed over and he was being beaten. And they were like, listen, if this man is of God, you can't stop it. Right. And so they weren't all bad. And, and the hard part of the story with Saul is that at the beginning of this, what he is doing as a Pharisee would not have been considered wrong or bad. He is devoutly, strictly adhering to the instructions and the commandments of God. And he believes that these people are spreading blasphemous lies about the promise and the blessing of God. Yeah. And so in his mind, he is trying to uphold and protect with everything that he has those commandments. Yeah, yeah. And so that we see that translate though. That's that's kind of where I'm getting. Yeah. Those habits, those um the lifestyle, uh the discipline that that will end up translating into what God wants to utilize. You know it's funny, God'll even in the middle of your mess, there's attributes that God has given you that he's going to use no matter what. Yeah. And, I, and I love that, right? And so with Paul, it's like as passionate as he was in 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 in, in persecuting Christians, God said, "I'm I'm going to use that same passion for my word to transfer my word to generations to come that are going to read what you say and read the instructions you give these churches." Like it's crazy. God will use. Uh, he'll turn it around and tur- turn it for good. You know, and but it's 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 the same disciplines in his life that he he now begins to use it for the good of God's kingdom that that really like leaving that lasting impact. So I that's kind of how I think of yeah. that. Well, you hit it you on know, the head. You go back to the story of Joseph. Yeah, you just said it. Yeah, what the enemy meant for did, evil, meant for evil, God intended for good, good turned it yeah. for good. You know that is the story of God, right? And that's where we see God at work in the story of Saul, yeah. because that is what God sees in him. You know, and you know, I think about it's uh, it's Galatians chapter one, in Galatians chapter one, Paul is speaking about that that zeal. Yeah. The, the word zeal would be passion, right? It's this this overwhelming passion, and he says. In Galatians chapter 1, talking about his life, he says, For you have heard of my former life in Judaism. He says, How I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. So he admits where he was. Wow. He says, I was advancing in Judaism because he's a very smart intellectual Pharisee with a lot of authority. And uh, he says, Beyond many of my own age and among my people. So he's excelling. You know, like he's... Here's the, here's the crazy part. We're going to talk about Peter next week, right? <laughs> and Peter gets this vision from God. And what do we know about Peter as a disciple? Where do we find him when we first discover him? He's a fisherman. And what do we know about the story now that we have really unpacked it? That meant that he wasn't good enough or smart enough to be in someone's school. He doesn't get to go spend time with a rabbi and learn from them. He's now been told, go Go earn and, and work and, and know your father's trade. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. 
That's Peter. And God still uses him to be the leader of the church in Jerusalem. Let's be very clear. And now he's about to pick Saul, who is one of the smartest. He says, I was learning and excelling above everybody. Like he's at the top, top of his class, right? So he's at the top of his class, yet he's still going to get things wrong. And so he says, uh, among many my own age, and I was so extremely zealous, or used to say passionate, was I for the traditions of my fathers. But when he set me apart before I was born, and he called me by his grace, he was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles. So he's saying, listen, I had all this passion. I had all this zeal. I was, I was the book nerd. I was, I was the geek, right? I was the one with the pile of books and the Kindle app. And, and I was studying and studying and studying all the traditions, all the laws, all the instructions. And I had such zeal. And then God said, yeah, but I appointed you from birth to use that zeal and that passion for something different. <laughs> and now I got to change your course. Like that's, that's what many of us have to know. It doesn't matter if you're Peter, the fisherman, and you're like, man, I don't think I'm smart enough. Or you're Saul and you are excelling and you got the 4.0 and you get yeah. the, 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 what's the scholarship here? The hope scholarship or yeah. whatever it is yeah, in Florida. Yeah. And you got a full ride, like God showing I can use both. I'm going to use Peter to be the leader of the Jerusalem church. I'm going to set up Saul to be the leader of the church that's going to spread to all the Gentiles. Like this is, this is exciting because anyone listening or watching now can't deny that God can't use you. Doesn't matter who you are, where you're at, where you sit, God can use you. Yeah. Yeah. That's the simplicity of the gospel, right? Just drives the intellect crazy. (laughs) <laughs> absolutely <laughs> absolutely so you could i could picture saul just frustrated like you know like because it's not by works it's not by you know the immense um long nights of study and all of this it's like and then here's P- peter you know with with a, a lack of education and you know it's just leading multitudes of people and in he i could almost see him like trying to like kind of like that 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 geek you know like what's the mathematical equation that is causing him to do this like there's got to be a solution and a reason and it's like there there is none it's it's god's grace god's mercy and you know that's the answer and he's like no but it can't be the answer you know but you just like that's that's (laughs) the cool part every scripture you pretty much want to pop out yeah is written by paul that you that you can quote from the New Testament. Yeah. So when you're like, yeah, it's not by this, it's by grace. Like, yeah, he wrote that because he now learned that, right? Like, like he realized it's not by my knowledge. Yeah. It's not by how much I just learned. It's all by the grace of God. Yeah. You know, I can't earn this. Yeah. It's a gift, yeah. you know, that, that, that the scriptures tell us. Paul's the one writing these things because he walked through them. And that's the, the great part of this story. Yeah is that when you open up Acts chapter 6 and you're introduced to him and you walk through Acts chapter 9 and then you begin to read the rest of the book of Acts and see this guy in motion, you begin to realize that this encounter with Jesus flipped his life upside down. Because you have to think about you spent your whole life studying and learning and, and with all this zeal and passion, like strictly adhering to 
everything you know, but but you're you're missing you're missing the key piece, right? It, it's you're missing this just the you know it's like the video games that drive you nuts, right? Like I remember I would try to play them with my son, and it, it was these ones where you you'd go through these different boards, and all of a sudden everybody you'd kill everybody on the board or whatever, and there's nothing left to threaten you, but there was a key that you needed to unlock the door to enter to the next level. And he would laugh and laugh and laugh because for the life of me, I couldn't find the darn key. And I would just get mad. And I'd be like, that's why I can't play these games with you. Like they drive me bonkers. And I'm spending 30 minutes looking for a dumb key to open up the final door. But yet like that's the reality. Like Paul's missing that key. Yeah. And, and so Jesus shows up and says, let me, let me show you. The, the one piece you're missing, because if you see this piece yeah. and you get this piece, legitimately, this is not just a cliche statement. The world is going to be changed. Yeah. If you get this right. It's insane, bro. It's insane. That's that's it's beautiful, man. But there's one statement you kept making on Sunday that just uh, really tied a lot of this together. And it was who you were won't be who you become with Jesus. And, uh, and that was, that was awesome because that's, that's Saul's life. I I was praying all week long, all week long. My my wife says, um, you got your message finished. So ask that sometimes. And I told her, I said, I said, I am just, I'm struggling this week because I have all my content. And I just kept saying, and I told Chad one day, I was showing him what we were going through because we show each other our messages so that iron sharpens iron and, and uh, I said, but I feel like I, I got, there's a, there's a funnel piece I can't land on. I'm trying to figure that out. I'm just praying, God, give me that piece. And I literally like woke up Friday morning and that literally woke up. And it wasn't, I don't, it wasn't like God just said, this is what I want you to preach. Just that, that phrase right there started ringing in my head that Friday morning. Wow. Who you were is not who you become in Jesus. For the moment, I just assumed it was for me. During my time with God, but the more it just kept ringing in my head, I was like, "That that's Saul's life. That's what this whole thing is about. Who you were is not who you become in Jesus. And really, that's what this story of Saul deals with, the reputation of who he was versus who he becomes when he encounters Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And so, but you take us a little back because we, we want to see uh, a little bit of his actions kind of before the conversion, right? And so we find ourselves talking about Stephen, which was a, a, a one, of, one of the leaders in the, in the new church, speaking out boldly. He's arrested for his faith, and he sees, we, we're found in that story in Acts 6, 8 through 10. Uh, they said, but they could, not, they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. And in Acts 16, 15, and gazing at him, all who sat in the council saw his face was like the face of, of an angel. And so, um, uh, we, we find out in scripture that, you know, Saul led the charge in, in, in Stephen's killing assassination and was there and kind of was the authority uh, authorized leader to, to make that command and do that. Um, but here he is in, in, in the dark side before yeah. before the conversion well, of you life. you we tell people the context of the scriptures matter real people real places real time but also like if you just open up acts chapter 9 with us 
you don't understand the story that we're already seeing with this guy named Saul. And so many times it's great to read a chapter or two before, yeah. a chapter or two after, you know, because if you get into this routine of just reading a chapter a day or, or a random chapter here or there, you don't get the full context of the story. And I think it's important, as you said, because you find out that Saul, this religious leader, has this authority to approve the execution of somebody. Yeah. They lay their garments at his feet. Yeah. He's part of the council. What is what is riveting to me, think about this though, is that to be in that council means he had to sit there while Stephen preached the gospel of Jesus. So my mind takes me to moments like if that was Stephen's last purpose for God was to plant a seed of the gospel, the good news in, in Saul, right? Because he heard it clearly. How many people sit in the, in, in the surrounding of something they don't really want to believe or care about, but it's being deposited. It's being put out there. And so Paul's there. He's listening to this. He's hearing this. He's heard the, the, the whole sermon about this is Jesus. He is the Messiah, and you crucified him. Yeah. He tells them, all the prophets spoke of him. This is the promise of God. And Peter has to take it in that moment and reject it. Mm. But at the same time, he's had to listen to it. And I'm riveted by that picture that if you just open up Acts chapter 9, you don't get, right? You don't realize this man sat in the presence of another man who was preaching the good news of Jesus. And that seed was being deposited yeah. in him. And he was he was spitting facts. Yeah, it wasn't like he was just like just all Jesus. He was bringing the the symmetry of of God from the beginning all the way up until Jesus's crucifixion and resurrection. Like he brought it, man. Like he literally summed up everything up to then. And and a lot of what you know these Pharisees and religious leaders they attributed their knowledge and wisdom on you know in. From the new, the beginning, you know, from the the first five books of uh, of scripture, you know, the Torah and all that, and here he is, he's bringing it, he's bringing all this info that they know, and 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 lining it up, and and you just could, I, I you just can't deny it. It like, says they can't withstand. <laughs> they were enraged. Right? They can't withstand the wisdom <laughs> and the power in which he's doing it by. Yeah. So they're all sitting here. They're probably looking. I don't know. I want to assume. Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. Yeah, like yeah. I don't want to. But my mind begins to think, like, are they looking at, at Saul in the moment going, is he right? Is, is he? Because is he? you're the one that excelled above everyone else. You're the yeah. smartest man in the room. You've been learning and growing, and you've been achieving, and you have the authority. Like, hey, is, does he know what he's they're, talking about here? Sweating like, a little bit. And then, <laughs> so then, then it shows you, like, they have no other uh, response other than to get angry yeah. and toss Shut rocks. him up. And right? Isn't that what we do when we feel like we don't, we have nowhere to go? We're it's backed true. in a corner. Oh, I know you're right, but I'm fighting my way out of this anyways. Wow. And and so now it's they're so angry. Let's kill this dude. Yeah. We we can't we can't even stand against his wisdom. No. Yet he's not the smartest guy in the room. Yeah. <laughs> Saul is. Wow. He excelled above everybody else. Wow. And that that to me is riveting because the scriptures tells us that. Saul sat at the feet at, of Gamaliel, which was a rabbi during that time. So 
it is that picture of he is considered one of the best of the best. Yeah. He has been asked and invited to come sit at the feet of someone else and learn from them because he's that intellectual. We know he spoke uh, Hebrew, Greek, Aramaic. And like we said yesterday, some people say he was not only the greatest theologian of his time, but possibly of all time. He would be preached, not preached, he would be taught about in every college university, just philosophy or whatever, because his stuff is so deep and riveting. Obviously, it's not because he speaks about Jesus. And so, therefore, you know, there's there's the barrier as to, to what it is. But his writings are that good because he's that smart. And now he's standing in a room with this guy who has, you know, witnessed a resurrected Jesus, and he can't stand against his wisdom and his power. So, you know what? Let's let's throw stones at him. That's let's crazy. take this guy out. Yeah. But he was there, and he had to hear it. So the seed has been planted yeah. for what? God wants to do next. That was Stephen's purpose, man. You know, it possibly could have been possibly been right. Yeah. You never know. You never know what your, what your purpose is and what you're doing. You never know the conversation. You never know the words. You never know the grace. You never know the forgiveness. You never know the love you share in that moment. What seed is being planted for what God is going to do down the road. We think we're supposed to harvest everything. Yeah. No, we are not supposed to, 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 to harvest everything. Sometimes it's seed planting. Sometimes it's dropping some water on it for it to grow. Sometimes it's some sunlight. Sometimes it's nurturing and cultivating it as it's growing. And then sometimes it is harvesting. We don't get to decide which stage we get to play. We just have to play our part. Steven's playing his part. He has no idea. He's going to go be with Jesus. This is the heavens open up and he sees him sitting at the right hand of the father. He's moving on to better things. Later, Paul will write, it is better for me to die than to stay here. I would like to stay here, but to live is what? How, uh, uh, to live, uh, to die is the gain. Yes. There you go. Yeah. So yeah. I got confused. Just yeah. mixed up with all scripture in my head for a second. You're, you're but loaded, but Paul load. is writing these things because he now understands them. Yeah. You know? And, and so... Uh, He's there, he hears it, he proves it. And then we pick up in Acts chapter nine that now he's chasing down all the other believers of the way and he is trying to do the same thing. Notice that it says men and women. So this isn't just like some guy going and handcuffing a guy and and taking him into a jail cell. He's chasing down men and women. So this is not pretty, this is ugly. He's doing it with with what he believes is full passion for the the teachings and the laws of God. The problem is he's so bent on on holding on to these laws and restrictions that he can't see that Jesus is the fulfillment of them. It's crazy. Right? Yeah. Like and and we know this. We've grown up in places that become so we would use the word legalistic in their approach that they can't see God at work. Now that is not, let me be very clear, green lighting, wrong interpretations or manipulation of the scripture. Okay. Because there are some people that will now take that and go, see, that's why you should be pro this, or you should be more progressive in your theology because you're just boxing God in and you're being legalistic. No, 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 no. That's not what's taking place. What's taking place is that he is so locked in on what he's trying to guard and protect that he can't see God at work in Jesus, his son, the Messiah being the fulfillment of it all. 
It is why later he will say um, in 1 Corinthians, the world has a new Lord, not Caesar, who's Lord of Rome. That's what they believed and that's what they thought. Has a new Lord and he is Jesus and he was crucified. So this is about him missing the truth that Jesus is the answer to God's promise and blessing since Abraham. Yeah. And so now this is where it all changes. Acts 9.3. This is, this is the, the climax, the change. Uh, now as he was, went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him, and falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. That, that was, that's it. Yeah, this life is, is completely changed. Moses meets God at a burning bush. His yep. life is upended. Um, when you encounter Jesus, that's what it does. Who you and are, there are people that go, right. There are people that they, they go, well, mine didn't. I'm not saying you didn't meet Jesus. But I also know that if you've met him, then your life does start to change. So it's not just that it's upended. Ask yourself if things been changing. That doesn't mean you don't struggle or you don't, you know, from time to time you mess up. When you do, though, you have that spiritual maturity to know I come to God, I confess, I, I, I'm forgiven, and I keep going. I don't stay in it. I don't dismiss it. I, I don't keep walking in it. Yeah. Th- those are all different things. But for Saul, he has this encounter that upends his whole life on the road to Damascus. And it says that the other men, they hear the voice, but they don't see what he sees. Hmm. And, and just like we know in scripture, anytime anyone gets a glimpse of God, you know, it knocks them to the ground and he gets, he gets a glimpse of Jesus. And I think as we talked about the, the key part is that Jesus says, he doesn't just say, I'm Jesus, the son of God. He says, I'm Jesus whom you've been persecuting. I want you to know that what you've been doing has been done against me. And that had to be, I think, the hardest reality for him to to hear. You know, it's like when someone says truth to you, and then there's that moment of truth. You're like, oh, that one, that one hit, that one hit hard, and that one hit deep. Um, even though it's real, maybe I haven't wanted to face it. Maybe I haven't wanted to hear it. Maybe I haven't wanted to receive it. It's like Jesus is saying, yeah, I'm not just Jesus, the son of God. I'm the one you've been persecuting. That had to hit him totally different. This is personal. Yeah. Now this is personal. Uh, Real quick, right in midway, I want to, we haven't forgotten, but we have our post-Sunday podcast question of the week, which ties in really well. Uh, Just with where we're at here in episode 44 with Saul's conversion, um, we got our producer Stanton with us today. What's up, amigo? How are you doing? I'm good. It's always a great day here in the building. Let's go, man. Let's go. Hit us with that uh, post-Sunday podcast question of the week. So we got our question via Instagram. Just thank you for everyone that listens and does those questions. We we greatly appreciate it. So the question reads, Saul was religious, and there's evidence to suggest the thought that he was doing the right things in God's eyes. Acts 9-2 says the way, as in Jesus, and then Acts 9-3 says... His way, as in Saul, what evidence would we demonstrate that we truly are going the way and not our way? Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's that's not easy to answer. Let's no. be, be clear. Like, I don't want everyone to think that every time we get a question, oh, we just have the perfect answer for you. 
you know, we're still trying to understand this and grow in this as well. I would say that for, for Paul, first we have to understand this. Sometimes we wrongly take Judaism and then therefore we think, that, well, they got it all wrong. Only the Christians got it right. Let's be honest. This is what's wrong, what happened and became wrong in history. Okay, and this is why we had religious wars and all of that stuff, right? Because the Christians began to think that they had it all right and the Jews had it all wrong, um, which was created travesty um, and tragedy and all that stuff. But for Paul and for Jews, Judaism was not just a religion. It was an active way of life. And it was an active way of every part of your life. So for Jews... In Judaism, it is not just spiritual. It is education. It is political. We live in a day and time where because we have this phrase, separation of church and state, people come in and they go, well, you just teach me about God. Don't talk about politics. And we don't really talk about politics. Let's be honest. you know. However, when you're a follower of Jesus, it is supposed to permeate every area of your life. You don't then departmentalize. Well, this is my politics and this is my social life. And then this is my church life or something like that. So for Paul, it was all things belong to God and in the instructions of God. So he truly believed as did many Pharisees who were, whether they were protecting the temple and the sacrificial system or whatever it might be in Jesus's time that we're doing this. But what Jesus came to show them and what Jesus shows up to allow Paul to see is that everything that I gave you from the beginning was telling you, was prophesying, was leading towards, was this great big arrow towards God sending a Savior and a Messiah for the world. And now that God has chosen to do that and bring it to that climactic moment for the world to be changed forever, you're blinded. You're still so stuck in those things. You don't have the spiritual eyes to see this. And I would say for the individual going, is it my way or God's way? You have to ask yourself, am I blindly and stubbornly continuing in a direction God doesn't want me to be going in? Or do I have spiritual eyes? And I would say pray for spiritual discernment that I'm going in the direction God wants me to go in. And if he, if he, he has a different way, he will lead me and guide me in that. And I would go back to this, uh, this example. We said last week, the scriptures say, the spirit blows like the wind in, the, in which way he chooses, right? And I heard a great illustration one time from a pastor. He said, the problem with Christians is this. It says that the spirit will start blowing and they'll get in their sailboat and they'll catch the wind of the spirit and they'll be doing the things of God. And then the spirit will start blowing in a different direction. And instead of adjusting the sail for the spirit to continue to empower and guide you, we take out our oars and we keep rowing in the same direction we were first going in while the spirit's blowing a different way. And our job is to adjust the sails. And so therefore in our life with what we're doing, we may be doing something that God wants for a while, but we may become so stuck and rigid. God says, listen, I want to do something new or fresh with it. And we have to have the ears, the eyes, and the spiritual discernment to see that and know that. And for Saul, that's what's taking place. He is a leader in Judaism, which is the people of God being passionate to the instructions of God. 
but he's not having the spiritual eyes to see Jesus is now the fulfillment of the promise of God. And that's the piece he's lacking. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Speaking of adjusting sales, now we get into a certain individual here, Ananias. Yeah. And they're, again, like you said, they're following the wind and current of the spirit of God, right? They're, 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 they're doing what they have done and what, what they, what they've been instructed to do and growing as a church. And here now the wind is blowing in a different direction for him in his life. And, and, and God is telling them, Hey, telling him, Hey, I, I need you to go to this certain guy here. I know he has a reputation and, uh, but I'm doing something here. Can you, I, I just, can you imagine Ananias like, God, have your way in my life. I want you. I and here and God's like, okay, I need, I need you to I need you to go to this yes. guy, one guy that is literally uh, cre- just cap- holding you all captive, uh, and chasing just you chasing down, chasing you down. You're hiding because of this guy. I need you to go and meet him. You know, in this place, like exactly. <laughs> We don't, we don't, we we're, we live in such a utopia yeah, and in a bubble. I mean, reality is there is a world, a war going on in Ukraine. There is a war going on in Israel and we live in a city where it's like, I'm going to Disney for the day. I mean, think about that perspective of life for just a second. And, and so like, what if God was like, yeah, I want you to hop a plane and go to Israel right now and meet with this person. You'd be like, not doing it. War zone. You know, people keep coming up to me. I was, I was supposed to be in Israel in eight days. And obviously that's not happening. You know, don't go to Israel. But what if God said, nope, go to Israel, wow. right? Right now. Yeah. So this guy, Ananias, we didn't talk about him as much yesterday. We yeah. just we just skimmed the surface. There's two <clears throat> things in the story I think about with Ananias. The, the first is this. Um, God comes to him in a vision. And immediately listen to what his response is in Acts chapter 9, verse 10. Here I am. Mm. Remember that? Remember that phrase? All the way back to Abraham, all the way back to Moses, the the, the Hebrew phrase, here I am, Lord, Hineni. Remember this? It's the same response here. He's just a small piece of the story, but he matters. And when God shows up, his first response is, here I am. I don't know what you want. I don't know if I'm going to like what you want, but here I am. Like that has to become our response to God, right? Yeah. Here I am. I don't know what you want to use me for God, but here I am. I don't know what you're going to ask of me today, God, but here I am. Right. Then it tells him that he's to go to this specific place. Let's just talk about this for a moment. Rise and go to the street called straight. Straight Street, baby. This is where PJ gets, you know, the name Straight Street from. I had someone yesterday go, how come you didn't talk about Straight Street? (laughs) (laughs) But but this is this is the place he goes. This is where PJ got the name. PJ's a pastor for those listening here at Genesis Church, and he began a ministry to the homeless in our city that our church also partners with called Straight Street Orlando. And uh, and so this is where it comes from. And then he says, look for this man. And and so, as you said, he's got to be thinking in his mind, not this guy. I know Saul. I know his reputation. I know what he's doing. But that's not his response. His response is, here I am. Mm. Careful what you ask for. 
<laughs> that God, gets an amen. Yeah. <laughs> Careful what you ask God for by faith because uh, that faith will be used. Um, I hear this a lot, and I, I've said it uh, in times that I've spoken because Ananias plays a huge role in just kind of the deconstruction of of uh, Saul, you know, in the sense of just understanding, you know, and uh, but your greatest contribution to the world might not be what you do, but who you raise. Mm-hmm. And and like here here is Ananias and you you'll never hear about him much up until this moment. That's it. That this is the highlight, right, of his life is is an act of obedience. Right? If I'm going to go down in my life for anything, let it be because I obeyed God, yes. right? Even if it's just whatever, whatever, one small moment, let it be an act of obedience. And that's Ananias right there. That's so good. And that even when it doesn't make sense, his response to God is, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, <laughs> right? And then he says, how much evil he has done to your saints mm-hmm. in Jerusalem. And here he has the authority from the chief priest to bind all who carry your name. Yeah. But the Lord said to him, go for he's a chosen instrument of mine. Can you imagine God's like, look, I know this guy is raging war on all of my believers, but I promise you he's a chosen instrument of mine. Yeah. yeah. There's in your humanity, you're like, nope, there ain't no way. <laughs> There's no way. It's not possible. So you think of people right now that, you know, you, you sometimes, like I said, wrongly in your flesh, you're like, yeah, there's no way God could use them. Yeah. Right. There's no way. Yeah. And, and, and it's like, God decides who he wants to use, how he wants to use them. And here's Saul who has approved the execution of Stephen, who has chased down murderously men and women proclaiming Jesus. Cause he thinks they're blaspheming the scriptures in the name of God. Um, and then God says, nope, he's a chosen instrument of mine. Like right now, That's, yeah. think about the wars going on and some of the evil and the atrocities being done. And think about one of those people who may be doing it for some reason. And God's like, nope, that person, I'm going to use them for my glory and for my story. And you're like, they just they just killed women or they just killed children. They just dropped the bomb over here. Or they just shot out a tank over here. No way, God, there's no way. You'd rather them die than keep going. And God's like, nope, that person, that's that right. person right there I'm going to use. And that's that's the reality of what's going through Ananias' mind. It has to be. Like, God, what are you talking about? I know this guy. I know his, I know his reputation. It shook him. And God's like, no, he's going to carry this. Listen to me. He's going to be my chosen instrument to the Gentiles. So this is the first time we hear God say the church is now going to go to the Gentiles. Wow. It's been the message, go make disciples of all nations. Let's yeah. not forget this. It's been the promise from Abraham. I will bless the world through you. But the people of God, the nation of Israel, were all wrapped around us and our people and God coming back for us. And God's going, now that it's going to go, and it's going to be also preached to the Gentiles yeah. Yeah. And, and, and to kings and even to the children of Israel because they're going to have to realize Everyone is included in the gospel of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. It's not about just the talk, the talk. Now it's the walk, the walk. Yes. And so anyone proclaiming power in the spirit with words, but not proclaiming the good news of Jesus with their life is a walking contradiction. 
Yeah. Here is Ananias, you know, God, I need, I want you. Here I am. Do use me. Do whatever you want in this church and our people in the community. Okay, I'm giving you instructions here to do this. And so here, here is he, here is he has to take a step of faith. And so for our lives, things will not always make sense, but it doesn't have to make sense. It's it's choosing a life of obedience with or without answers. And so, um, yeah. And so in Jesus, you encounter a new power coupled with a new sense of direction. And so in all, uh, going back to Acts and chapter nine, I don't know if, if there's anything in, in between there you wanted to talk about, but it says, and all who heard him were amazed and said, it is not this, the man who made havoc in Jerusalem of those who called upon the name. So yeah. it's the transformation is happening with Saul. Yeah. They know who he is. They know yeah. what he's done. This yep. is the reputation he carries. This is the story that's been shared. You got have to think word would get out. Saul's coming yeah. to Damascus, and this is what he's done to men and women along the way. And they're like, that word havoc literally is destruction. His name means destroyer. So they're like, the destroyer is coming. Think of the fear that you would have knowing this man is arriving where you are. They're like, isn't this the same guy who, this is what he did for anyone who called upon the name of Jesus. And yet he turns around and it tells us that he grows stronger. That's in wisdom. That's not physical. Right? So it's like, yeah, here's the smart guy who finally gets the final piece. How smart is he going to be when it comes to, to teaching the word of God. God knows this. So you will find out eventually he ends up in places where he is debating philosophers and other religions and religious leaders. He has no fear to go into these places and speak on behalf of God because he's not afraid of the intellectual level in which some of these people are leading by. And now he's growing stronger and all that. And he's now running around proclaiming this is the son of God. I, I read this this past week, and I think this is this is awesome uh, because first in Ephesians, remember he says, "I'm the least of all who should be preaching." You know what I did, right? But God has somehow in His grace and mercy chosen me to do this, and and it says this: it says, Paul at this point isn't offering advice on how to lead a more holy life. That's not what he was going around doing at this moment. He certainly wasn't telling people how to go to heaven when they die. That's not really what he was doing either when you hear what he's really preaching and teaching. He was making the all-time announcement that Israel's hope had been fulfilled. The king had arrived and been enthroned. He was declaring that the crucified Jesus was Israel's long-awaited Messiah since Abraham's promise. This is the power of it. This is why people came up against it. This is why he was fighting against it. Now this is what he is running around telling everybody he can. No, 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 no. I missed it. I missed it. Everything I knew, all 613 commandments that I know and I adhere to and I follow and I keep with all passion, I was missing the key to it all. He did arrive. It was Jesus. Yeah, yeah. It's... It, but you know, and, and and you know, if you read through Scripture, um, you don't have to get into this. But there, there, there is a time. Uh, there's a period where Paul has to pull away, learn, yeah. grow. Yeah. Um, For almost ten years, you'll find out yeah. he gets away before he comes back to Jerusalem to yeah. Peter and them yes. to check and make sure what he's doing is in line. Yeah, yeah. 
So there's a, you know, there's a, there's a grooming process. There's a deconstruction process. Uh, it's a, it's just not this, it's a radical conversion, but it's not like, all right, next day we're, 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 we're going buck wild and, and we're just, we're saving everybody. It, there, there is a period of, of God just deconstructing and, and, and working through those filters. And I can only imagine how his mindset is with the, the guilt of his life and what he's done and just repentance and all of that really taking place. But all of that to lead him into becoming such a grand and, and great instrument before God uh, in the just growth of the church and not, and, and Acts nine thirty one you know really hits it so the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit um, was multiplied. Yeah, it grew. I think I think a key piece for everyone listening today is to to know this. There's a moment where God tells um, Ananias in the story. He tells him, you know, when this has happened, he says, uh, I must show him uh, how much he will suffer for my name. Don't overlook that piece because, you know, his life gets radically changed for God, but his life includes imprisonment, being beaten, the very same things he was doing. Don't take that as God did to him what he did to others. Understand that as God is saying, listen, I want you to empathize and I want you to understand what people went through for me, for how much they believed and trusted. And you're going to have to march the same road now. You're going to be the one to lead that charge. They've been doing it while you've been chasing after them. Now you're going to do it while people chase after you, hmm. right? And and there's a reality in following Jesus that um, the world is not going to like it. Jesus said, if they hate me, they're going to hate you. If they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. Right now, we're seeing that around the world. We're seeing every city, you know, protest against Israel. The people of God, we're seeing people not just protest against Israel and Jews, but now they're they're including the word Christian in it. Um, just pay attention to the news. They're not making that up. Um, you know, I think that people really need to step back and understand what is taking place. You know, because when you see these people protesting and they say uh, for Palestine, from the river to the sea, that is a, a statement and their language and their understanding of from the Jordan River to the sea, we want to completely wipe these people out. It is a geographical phrase. So when they're ch chanting from the river to the sea, Palestine shall be free. They're pretty much chanting, we want to annihilate all Jews from this land because it is ours. And I'm watching last night. You're watching certain radical Muslims that are saying, hey, we want to eliminate and we want the next. I can, I can, I've watched the video of them preaching in their mosques of the Jews and Christians. It's not to live in fear. That's the, the reality of Jesus said, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. If they hate me, they're going to hate you. Paul's a Jew. He's not uh, a Rome, a Roman uh, uh, Gentile. He's born in Rome. He's a citizenship there. Um, but the reality is God says he's going to learn how much he must suffer for my, my name as well. Yeah. And for many of us, that's going to take place. For those that are waiting for revelation, 
Can't wait to get there. Can't wait to hear about the end of it all. Check yourself. Because how do we get there? Jesus said, it's like birthing pains and it will get worse. And if we're the final generation or some believe maybe we are before he returns, then we're told it gets worse. And we have to be the ones willing to stand no matter what it takes to say, this is the son of God. Yeah. Mm. That's good, man. And, and it's, this is a statement we've consi- consistently made that God doesn't need us, but he wants us. Yes. He wants to use us. And so, um, glory to God for giving us his grace to be a part of the story. Yep. The never ending story. Cause God wants to use us in our lives. And so, for anybody struggling that God can't use me, yeah. the story of Saul is a perfect story to sit yourself in. Yeah, God time. wants you. God can use you even when you think he can't. Yeah, beautiful, man. This has been amazing. So, so thankful for another amazing episode um, and what God is just building and building and building uh, as we're getting to, ready to close out the year. You know, I can't believe it, man. You said uh, what? Uh, nine more Sundays? Uh, no, eight uh, more we Sundays? have we have eight. We eight have eight to the end of the year. We have yeah. seven together. Woo. Crazy. So it's crazy, man. And guys, if you uh, don't have a place to really um, call home, come join us. Come join us. GenesisChurchOrlando.com. Check out our information. Just check out some of our services um, and, and how we do. That kind of is the entryway nowadays into, um, into kind of, you know, finding a place. But if you don't have a church home, we welcome you to come be a part of it. GenesisChurchOrlando.com. Check us out. We're in East Orlando. But thank you again, man. Thank you for those that are listening. Uh, like I said earlier, follow us throughout all social media platforms, Instagram, TikTok, uh, X, YouTube as well. If you do follow us on YouTube, uh, hit like, hit subscribe, and that notification tab. That'll give you and uh, just inform you on anything that we got coming up down the pipeline. But uh, really cool things in the works, guys. We thank you for that. And if you have any questions or anything that uh, some clarity, please uh, send that over. Post Sunday Podcast at gmail.com. You can submit your questions there, and uh, we'll do our best to answer those and feature it on the pod. But we love you guys. Leave us a review on iTunes and Spotify as well. That'll make sure that we are being uh, just seen. And uh, and so, yeah, thank you. We love you guys. We cannot wait to be with you guys, episode 45. Until then, grace and peace. Thanks for listening to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Genesis Church Orlando and at Post Sunday Podcast. Till next time, grace and peace to all of you.